Dialogues of Gabriel. And we are going to start with a little prayer about merging the heavens and the earth. We should be cool, could we shall be who should be in your life? To me, could be rough. We need actually a shim because real poem. Amen. You just feel that merging. That's what needs to happen in today's world is that. The heavens and earth have been fractionated. Not being able to draw the higher awarenesses or consciousnesses so easily onto the planet. So, what we like to do, what I like to do here, is start with a little dance to get that spiritual joy going, which is a bridge to the heavens. We'll meditate for a few minutes, and then we'll go into a discussion. So, meditation, if you already have a way to meditate, that's fine. That's fine. Otherwise, we do, we do the meditation of yoda and then breath, hey and then breath, wa and then breath, hey and then breath. And then yoda from the base up to the heart, hey out to the heart, wa from the base all the way to the foot eye, and then hey out to the heart. And again, whatever technique you have is fine. Um, and we'll do that. And the other thing is, after we dance, there's a thing what we call is Haniha uh, or Shakti Pot. When the energy comes through cosmically and through my eyes, as I've been kind of activated by my spiritual teachers. And moving into you. It's by look, by touch, by sound, by breath, actually, too. But here we are on the internet, so we have sound and look. So let's all dance together to get the spiritual energy going. Okay.
I'm going to meditation. Just focus on my eyes. Let the energy come through.
Okay, so we come out of meditation. And now we're going to I'm going to address a little bit what's going on in the world in a slightly different way. Actually, I'm going to have to do this But take a moment to come out of meditation to do that. So, with the invasion of Mar-a-Lago, um, a major line has been crossed on one level. Uh, now, it's not like the deep state hasn't been around. I certainly remember 1963, I was a sophomore, uh, I was a junior in uh, college, and President Kennedy got assassinated. So it's not like, oh, uh, you know, and it wasn't from some guy in a, in a tower with a with a kind of old-fashioned gun. It was like he was assassinated from the front, people shooting into the car, and without going over the details, it was clear uh, it was a governmental thing. So it's not like we have confusion. We also, you know, you look at the the Twin Towers and what that is. But there, there have been many, many, many. So we're, in a sense... They didn't just invade, you know, Sumitas, but they killed the president. So the deep state's been around for a long time. Um, president Kennedy was clear that he was going after the deep state, and he was clear uh, that he was possibly going to abolish the CIA. I don't have all the details, but it's the same kind of level. And now you you have Trump being in that kind of position uh, where he's not just challenging some agencies, you know, deep state agencies, uh, but he's challenging the whole deep state. He's very ambitious and uh, and that's their first, not their first, there were multiple moves against him. Uh, some came that, uh, you know, their next move may be an assassination attempt. I'm sure he's aware of that. But what is really going on? And why is this so important? And and it's not about Trump. It's really about freedom. It's really about the endless battle for freedom. And, and that's one of the, the harder things to get. You know, um, we talk about the AI, which is the, the next level of control they're going to move towards. Um which is totally unnecessary. They don't need to do that. They don't need to do all any of that. Um, but the people who are uh, attempting to maintain control, I think we can call psychopaths. I think that's pretty easy when you kind of go into Marlago and you know go through the president's you know. You know, wears underwear. It's like, what is what is this? Secret documents in her in her lingerie door. You know, of Melania. Um, we understand the seriousness of, of the perversion that is going on. Um, so the AI 
being, quote, controlled society, which is not the way it ever, ever, ever has to be. But the AI is symbolic of, you know, no empathy, you know, uh, no remorse, no guilt, no love. And so, in a sense, the people who are kind of in power positions in the traditional way, um, the AI represents that. And what we see these people doing, which most people who are listening to this show, or a lot of people actually, a lot of Americans are pretty upset because it's pretty clear that this is done in a, a pretty unsavory way, without remorse. You don't hear anybody apologizing. Well, I said the document, but nobody says, well, it was a mistake, or we're sorry, or we had no right to do that. So we're looking at that kind of AI uh, mentality. And it threatens the whole world. It's not just a bunch of uh, evil people in Washington. Okay, it's a worldwide phenomenon, and I think that's I think one of the important things to really get in this bigger picture that the world has become seriously toxic, and we don't mean just toxic with political actions. We mean toxic minds. We, we see a degeneration of the 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 thinking and brain capacity, emotional empathy capacity. We see a, a lowering all the, the scores and the IQs and scholastic aptitudes of American students. That's on one level. We see toxicity in the environment. You know, what's the difference between a organic and uh, a chemically raised food? Well, most people are running with 50 to 100 biotoxins that they've taken in from what's been in the soil, the air, and the junk food. But organic food has about one quarter the amount. So, sure, you get it into your system, but it's only like, you know, it's, it's a quarter. So, but there's this general toxicity going on that's uh, literally a very real thing. Um, and so it's a mental toxicity and it's also I'm going to say physical toxicity and emotional toxicity and spiritual toxicity and I think that uh, this is 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 coming back on us because these actions reflect the state of mind of America now the good news about them what I call good news, is it's a harsh reflection. Now, a lot of people are talking about the deep state. Okay, fine, but who is the deep state? How do they get there? They're a reflection of the society. They're a reflection of the breakdown of the morality and the ethics, spirituality and society. So think about it in that kind of broader way, okay? That uh, this isn't just dirty politics or degenerate politics or however we're going to talk about it. Yeah, and the leaders are really demonstrating it. But it really reflects us as a public. And again, since this is true in a lot of banana republic books around the world, um, there's nothing new here. There's nothing new. So it's just finally more overtly in our face. Yeah. <clears throat> They're treating even the, the, the president this way. You know, they, they uh, steal election. How do they steal election? Because they 
bribe people, and they bribe people in Congress, they bribe people in the House of Representatives, I mean, it's pretty well established. So there, there was a muted outcry. Because what Donald Trump stands for is the return of a constitutional republic. Okay. From a spiritual point of view, it's a call to us to wake up spiritually, to return to God. Because, okay, you want to eliminate God like the Democrats did from their convention and all that? What are you going to get is godless actions. Get rid of the ten speakings and you do whatever you want. The definition of Satanism is to do whatever you want. Okay? And that's how this is working. No morals, no ethics, no constitution, no rights for anyone but your the right of power. That's what we're seeing. So it's symbolic of a more serious breakdown of society. Now, how far this goes, how far the breakdown goes, it's hard to say. Because it's not just, again, the United States, it's the whole world that's devolving. It will stop. It won't rule the day. It may rule, or it does rule the moment. But on the other hand, other forces are getting stronger and stronger. I think that's something to consider, that their play of the deep state um, is almost edited. A few more years, um, I believe we're going to see a turnaround. And it's in prophecy, too. Um, so it's their last moves. What's our role? Okay, we are spectators. Deep state's reflection of us. Now, the light is also a reflection of us, and it's our responsibility to generate as much light as possible. That's what we're talking about. That's our job, and we can't look somewhere else for it. We can't think somehow somebody else is going to do it for us. And we can't just point the, oh, they're the bad guys. So no, no, we need the good guys. We need more light. We need the more white hat type. Uh, and I don't know that much about the white hats, but they, they, they at some point appear to represent the forces of, of light and goodness. If, okay? Yeah, I don't even know if they exist, but the, the concept is a good one. We need the spiritual light because if we move continually away from the truth of, of God, what happens is we move continually away from the truth of God and we get the invasion of uh, Trump's home. We get people sniffing through Melania's underwear. I, just, I can't believe that that actually went on. Okay, that's what we're seeing. Okay, and, we, and so it's it's so it's a it's a real good message for us to kind of take this way more seriously about ourselves and not just like oh, look they're bad guys. And so that's kind of what uh, I'm doing. And, and I want to just note that uh, Richard will be back next week. He's going through some processes, so kind of miss him for this part of the discussion. But, uh, Richard, if you're listening, I hope you're doing better and well. Um, I'm going to ask Dick a question. Can we take a, we can take uh, questions or not? I just want to double-check that, Doug. <laughs> clarify that. Yes, we can absolutely take questions. Yep. How do people do that? Um, well, they would post the question in chat, and I can put them on the screen, and you'd be able to see them. Great. 
great, great. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Doug is great. He's a big help with all this. So this is what we're looking at. We really have some choices. It's not too late. It's not too late. And again, I don't want to talk just politics. We're talking bringing it back. Now, is it too late for the, the country? Is it going to fragment? Still the same problem. In moral, ethical, spiritual questions, we need to turn that around. We need to turn back to the, the to God as the center of this. In uh, the way this country was founded, in God we trust. Okay, fine. Well, okay, but not if you take it out of the statement, like they're doing in some uh, some parts of the country. So it's up to us to to be the ones. And that's uh, really the big uh, point. So if there are any questions about this, this is a good time. Wait a moment. If there are questions. Okay. So there is also another aspect that we don't usually address when we're kind of uh, doing it, which is our own consciousness, our own health. And a great many people are suffering from intestinal toxicity. Now, why am I talking about that? Well, starting in Sunday, we're having a a seven-day juice fast. And the best treatment is a for intestinal toxemia, which is defined as more than 15% of your bowel as, as uh, pathogenic bacteria, um, that clears up when you fast. So this is what this country needs, you know, is a, a fast from this whole way of life that's bringing us this way. You know, the fast, fast has something, it, it, it improves your vital life force, it clears the toxins from your bowel, from your lungs, and from your skin, and uh, internally, um, that's the level that is needed here. And, okay, Lisa, go ahead. Oh, just thank you. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. She's just saying thank you. Yep. Okay, good. Good, good. And that's part of it. Now, I was reflecting on the Sundance as a four-year Sundancer and as an eagle dancer where you dance four days without food and water, but you have the, uh, you're tied to the tree, you're hooked to the tree for all four days. You never leave the circle. And trying to understand, well, what were we doing? I mean, and what it is, it's a kind of a, sacri- it, it's a sacrifice. The, the, the Native Americans, the, the, it's a sacrifice, primarily men, but in our dance, women also dance. Um, it's a sacrifice to uplift humanity. And so it's not like just us changing our ways. It's like, what sacrifice? What I mean by sacrifice, I'll make it simple. Like, what kind of good deeds? Where are you going to turn around and help someone? Where are you going to make a point where it's something, saying something positive, being uplifting, or doing something? <clears throat> and that has a certain a reverberation, ripple effect. And so part of it isn't uh, just talking politics or showing up the school board, which is very important because obviously they may, they're making a big effort. And they have. See, this is all snuck up on us to a certain way. They've been doing this for a while. Okay? Um, they've been doing it <clears throat> before the 60s. I mean, when Kennedy was assassinated before that. Um, 
we need to start showing up and changing on every single level, our daily life, and and more than that, you know, our local communities, um, and not just the show of, of uh, national politics. So that's that's part of the story, you know, is, is outer, but the inner is also there. You know, we need to get more in contact with the light within ourselves. The truth within ourselves. And then that begins to grow. And we know that changes consciousness. We know it because they've done simple experiments, over 300 of them since 1973, where people meditated like, uh, they did a study with 25 uh, towns uh, with about 25,000 or more people. And when 1% of half the towns were meditating, the crime rate compared to the other towns where they weren't dropped 16%. We know in Rhode Island, where they brought in about 200 meditators, they're meditating for an hour or two twice a day, the all level of, of violent crimes, stealing and murders and things like that, you know, dropped 43%. People said, oh, that's, a, that's an accident. Okay, so they came back the next summer, same time, and they meditated and dropped 49%. What do we say? We can change the global consciousness. So when we're meditating for peace, we have the Peace 21 four times a year. We've been doing that since 1986, um, 1985. And that's that's part of really, it affects people. It does work. We, we absolutely know it works. Actually, uh, this uh, researcher, Dr. Paul Burrow uh, Payne, show that when we meditate on the equinox and solstice, um, it decreased the amount of sunspots four years in a row as compared to previous years where there, was, where there wasn't meditating and the sunsets didn't drop. So we know we can affect the whole solar system. We have the power. This is really what my point is. We have the power to do this. We have the power of love. We have the power of meditation to change the consciousness of the planet. We can do it. We know it. Whatever that certain percentage, square root of 1% uh, are meditating, there is a drop in crime rate. So we have the tools, we have everything we need, except one thing, doing it. We've got to show up. So to me, the, the uh, Marlago thing is, is uh, a wonderful wake-up call to say, okay, let's, let's make this happen, okay? Uh, and so what we're talking about, what I'm talking about in specific is we're, we're this is a, politics. We're talking about the shift in consciousness. The present politics in Washington reflects a very, very low level of consciousness. And that reflects the low level of consciousness in, in the public. We raise that, then we're going to get a different outcome. Even with some of these people. Um, not that they're going to start meditating, but they're going to be affected by it. Okay, so just understand we are not powerless. We can change a global mind. And that's probably the most important thing to think about. We aren't helpless. They're temporarily empowered. They will not succeed. The satanic energies will not succeed. Uh, but they may go on for a few more years. But it's our job to do kind of build it up the other way, just like they've been 
doing their work to build the darkness. And the only difference is that we can actually, very, very, very small percentage can have a bigger effect. Margaret means that a small group of dedicated people change the world. This is what we're talking about. And it's so not to feel hopeless or powerless because of politics, but to do know we have the power to change the consciousness. And, and that to me is extremely important to, to understand um, because it really uh, moves us away from uh, hopeless feeling outnumbered. We're not outnumbered. We have the David Goliath uh, trip going on. That is not just a mythology, okay? Um, I don't want to get into too much of it, but uh, it's always this giant, what do you call it? a Nephilim giant like Nimrod who tried to take over the world. He was a giant. Take over the world. Or we have Goliath and his five brothers who were giants. And guess what? They all got defeated. They all got killed. So you have this little kid, David. No problem, he says. You know, God's in my son. I'll take my little stone and hit him in the head. It's like, it's that kind of innocence and fearlessness that has been symbolic throughout time. Nimrod, the great Nimrod was the first one world uh, uh, order person post-Noah. And building Tower Babel and so forth. He was eventually defeated by Esau, Jacob's brother. And uh, they get defeated. Okay? That was a big event Esau did, and, and uh, not everybody knows how important that was. Take his brother. He defeated him. You know, he wasn't a giant, but we have the ability to do this. When uh, Moses defeated the, the you know, two different giants, Og and uh, Sikham, um, it's like a hand-to-hand combat. And as far as I understand, when they're talking giants, I'm talking about people about 13 feet tall, 11, 13 feet. Um, in, in these contexts, Agus, I think, 11 feet. Uh, they have an archaeological find of his bed, and it's about 13 feet. Um, so we can do it. Normal, everyday people can do it. That's not that these are mythologies, okay? These are real events, measurable, archaeologically supported, and regular people are defeating what looks like the indefeatable giants, like a Goliath. Okay, so my message here is, you know, don't, don't even think about losing hope. We will win. That's inevitable. It's predicted. It's prophesized. Uh, but we have to now sit around and wait for somebody else. Okay. And to me, this is just a great uh, inspiration because they think they can do anything. There's no laws. There's no rules. You can. The judges are completely corrupt. I mean, it's blatantly obvious. And it's like. What's going on? Well, what's going on is we get rid of God out of the system. You know, people can do whatever they want because there's no uh, code of ethics. There's no morality. You just do whatever you want that best meets your personal needs. That's the definition of Satanism. Satan will lose, but got a few more years. So my message is about hope, uh, not blind faith. I am telling you absolutely we will win. Okay? And history repeats itself. It will be, only this time it will be more sustainable. So 
We just have to do our job. Um, I just want you to really get this has been going on for a long time. I remember uh, in about 1970, 70, 71, I was uh, more, uh, on a kind of more radical left, and um, I was meeting with some of the leaders, some weathermen too, in the apartment, and this is a turning point for me, because those people said, you know, I don't care how many millions of people we kill, and they talked, they used the word 125 million. That's what they were saying are going to be killed with a communist takeover. Whoa, that's a lot of people, you know. That's about a third of the country being killed. Um, and I know they're doing a lot of killing with the, the vax and all that, but I'm talking about killed, physically killed, murdered, shot, that kind of thing. Uh, and just the other day, the vice president talked about we have a list of about 125 million people we're going to kill. And I said, oh my goodness. So I'm talking to people, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s, as they say, 1970 probably who actually are using the same number. So I don't think that was a coincidence. I think we're talking about the Vice President of the United States. Actually, she actually said this, that we're going to kill uh, 125 million people, and we already have a list of who we're going to kill. So they are serious. This is not just a new idea. She is just not talking off the top of her head. That's their game plan. And um, we need to uh, give it credibility that they're serious, and they have been serious. Well, I'm talking that was 50 years ago. Okay? Uh, incidentally, that's when I, uh, I thought, oh, uh, we're not talking about improving the world. We're talking about death and control and domination of people by this group rather than that group. And it was like, uh, and at that point, that's where I kind of moved away from a kind of a left position. Um, oh, what was that, radical left position? Because I saw, wait, these people are really violent, really mean. As I mentioned before, you know, no empathy, no remorse, no guilt, no love. We're going to do this, we're going to take over, and that's what we're going to do. We have to kill 125 million people, that's what we're going to do. Too bad. It was at that level, I said, I can't be associated with this. Okay, in the same way, we can't be associated and allow this to happen. So that's kind of the thing. And that, that, that was out there, that quote was out there by the vice president. Um, I don't want to even use her name. I don't want to honor that level of uh, uh, <clears throat> darkness. But please understand we are not being rhetorical here. Um, and the thing about the Marlago thing is like, that's not rhetorical. They went and did it. They went and, you know, had on Melania's underwear. It's like, okay, they actually did it. So, our job is to say thank you for the warning, thank you for the heads up, or we better get going on this. So that's really my message, is uh, there is more of us than of them, um, and we need to pay real attention. Uh, we need to pay it on every level, at the school board level, where they're, again, making real efforts to uh, confuse and pervert kids. To me, as a family therapist and psychiatrist, it's like, what are you doing to the kids? 
Okay. Uh, out there, expression. Come on. Whether it was a four or five or six or ten-year-old really know about that? Not really. Does a 20-year-old know? Well, when you get a little bit more mature, you get, no, not really. So, but that's what we're talking about, um, is that we need to protect our children. We, that's a school level, but it's at every level of society. We need to show up. And we need to know that it's, it's now or never. Okay? Um, so that is my prayer for everybody, that we really get that this is now or never. And we look at the little or big ways, however we do it, of how we can contribute to turning this around. And understand it isn't like what it would be. I mean, great if there's no, if they allow election and we force to have an election, good, but that's just a step. It's got to happen in every uh, segment of society. So may we be blessed to be empowered with this energy, be clear that we're working in the light, stay in the light, keep that love, keep that empathy, but also keep that strength. So may everybody be blessed that we walk in front of God and be a blessing to the world and uplift the world. That's the game plan. That's the divine plan. And it will happen. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.